Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I am Dan Lobby, joined today by Mary Kay Cabot. Mary Kay, how are you? I'm doing fine, Dan. How are you doing? Doing well, and also Scott Patsko. Scott, how are you? I'm doing good. Ready to go. All right. So uh, a few weeks ago, we did a fantasy draft of the schedule. That was me and Doug Maurice and, and Ellis Williams. And who doesn't love doing a draft? So today we're going to do a Baker Mayfield-centric draft. And we're going to pick the people who are most important to Baker Mayfield's success in 2020. We're going to go just in order. We're not going to do the snake draft this time. We're just going to go right in order, traditional NFL draft style. Coaches are on the table. Uh, Any player is on the table. Um, So let's have fun with it. We're going to go Mary Kay with the uh, the first pick. And then let's... Uh, How how did she get the first pick? (laughs) How, How is this determined? Seniority. Okay. Yeah. All right. Seniority. I'll tell you what, though. We'll go, Scott. You can have the second pick, and then I will have uh, the, the third pick. So uh, there we go. Totally random order, right? <laughs> like that. Okay. Mary Kay, give us pick number one. You know what? I'm going to go uh, with probably what would be considered the obvious. I'm going to go with Odell Beckham Jr. I really think that uh, if these two guys can get their mojo down this year, uh, they will have so much more success on offense. I remember back to the year uh, when Derek Anderson and and, uh, Braylon Edwards connected for 16 touchdowns. They won a lot of football games that year. Uh, And that's what this football team needs. They need more touchdowns. So I'm saying... Uh, that if those two guys can get that timing down that they did not have last year, uh, it will get, go a long way towards some victories. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, look, it's best to just take the obvious guy number one, right? How many times have we talked about that with the Cleveland Browns? Yep. It, it's hard to argue with Odell Beckham. And, you know, he, it was supposed to happen last year, Scott, and, and it just never really worked out. Um, and, and if it does work out this year, I think it completely changes the narrative on, on Mayfield and Odell, too. Yeah, it was just this thing that just kept going on and on. When is Odell going to become a big part of this offense? And I think now that he's going to be healthy, at least that's what we're anticipating, and he seems to even be uh, kind of energized and, uh, and excited about this season, um, you know, having that all come together to kind of help Baker get to, get to maybe we won't call it the next level, but at least back to where he was ending that rookie season, you know, um, then, then, yeah, I think Odell's a, a good choice to, to do that. Okay. So no, no real arguments there uh, as we all put on our, our Mel Kuyper hats. Odell Beckham goes number one to, uh, to Mary Kay. 
This is where it starts to get interesting, though. Scott, number two. Well, I didn't say I agreed with the pick. <laughs> oh. I, mean, I feel like the best pick in the draft just fell to me because we said coaches are involved, right? I we mean, did. I'm going to go with Kevin Stefanski. I don't see how anybody involved in the Browns is, is more vital to Baker's success this year than, uh, than Kevin Stefanski and the offense that he's bringing to the Browns and, and putting around Baker Mayfield. You know, he's, he's the one who's, who's not steered, but obviously he's the reason Andrew Barry is picking up the players that he has, whether it's been in free agency or in the draft, it's all because of Kevin Stefanski and his offense. So, and as we've been told over and over, it's quarterback centric. They want to make Baker the best he can be. So I think it all comes back to Kevin Stefanski and his offense, assuming he's going to, to still call the plays. Um, I think he's the choice. Best player in the draft or best person in the draft easily. Mary Kay, we, I guess we, we technically can't grade these drafts for three years, but uh, Scott thinks he got the best, the best available option there at number two. Well, you know what? He absolutely may have to a good solid pick. I mean, it's really a smart pick uh, to go with Kevin Stefanski there. Uh, I kind of like the flashier pick. So I went with the flashy guy. Um, and, you know, I, I like those diva receivers. So, you know, I kind of went with, um, you know, sort of the, uh, the, the fantasy sort of pick. Uh, but I, I really, a strong case can be made uh, that Scott did make the best number one overall pick here in Kevin Stefanski. I do agree with him. It all starts there with this system. I've been talking to a lot of people about Baker Mayfield and the outlook for 2020 for a series that I'm working on. And everybody is saying the same thing, that this offensive scheme, the play action based scheme, the wide zone, focusing on the run uh, and doing all these things should bring out the best in Baker Mayfield and that we're going to see a complete reversal in him from last season. So Scott, way to go. <laughs> He's not going to sell as many tickets as Odell. And I know as an owner, you have to take that into account. So, so both uh, yeah. picks were good. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Those comparisons to George Clooney were, were floating around when the Browns first hired him. Maybe he is going to sell some tickets. I, I don't know. Um, oh, man, there's so many ways I could go here at, at number three. Um, there's, there's some obvious choices. There's some not so obvious choices. I think that I'm going to go at number three. I'm going to follow Scott's lead. I'm actually going to take the new offensive coordinator. I'm going to take Alex Van Pelt. Uh, now, obviously, I could have gone with a player here, and I have some players in mind that I think I can get later in the draft here. But I think Alex Van Pelt is important because he's working on Baker Mayfield with his footwork. He may end up being the play caller. Uh, he has had success with other quarterbacks, including Andy Dalton most recently. He seems to understand what it takes to coach up Baker Mayfield. And I think that's something that we've talked about on this podcast that is uh, sorely lacking. This is probably a reach in the first round, but I think Alex Van Pelt is very, very important to Baker Mayfield's success this year. Well, as long as he's not tripping over his feet, right? <laughs> <laughs> Alex Van Pelt changes footwork. And, uh, and so now he's leading with his left foot and the shotgun and these shorter drops and stuff like that. He's working very hard on his footwork. But no, I do think that this is a also a good pick and I'm kind of surprised that two out of our first three picks are coaches wow um but I again a case can be made I mean Alex Van Pelt has worked with some really really good quarterbacks uh in in Aaron Rodgers among them and he is going to help implement that west coast system and it, it just seems like he's I mean he's a former quarterback himself and it really seems like uh, he is just dialed in and plugged into what Baker needs to be successful. These other guys like Andy Dalton have 
you know, have really bought in. And when they do, uh, they, they kind of rise, you know, to the top. So, uh, so I, I do think that's a very good pick, Dan. I think Van Pelt is a good example of how we have a better handle on what the offense is all about this year. You know, Todd Munkin last year, and part of this was because he didn't really reveal a ton. Um, you know, people were always questioning, what's your role in all this? And I think we have a good idea with Alex Van Pelt and, and how he's talked about uh, the fundamentals and techniques that he wants to work on with, with Baker. So, I, you know, it's, it's a good pick. I don't know if I would have made it at number three, but, but yeah, I think he's going to be vital to Baker's success, definitely. It's well, the other thing about well, that, <laughs> if he calls the plays and right. there is some serious consideration to letting him call the plays, depending on how the preseason works out and who knows – if there's going to be much of a preseason, but that was supposed to be the whole key that he was going to kind of have a tryout for play calling in the preseason. And, and I think he might be in line to call the play. So therefore uh, he could be right up there as, as the number three overall pick. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure how much Kevin Stefanski actually wants to call the plays to, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, he's, he's cert certainly coming in here a little differently than some of the other offensive minded head coaches that have come through here recently. All right, Mary Kay, we are back to you. There are tons of options still on the table. You took Odell Beckham number one, kick us off in round number two. Who do you have? Well, again, I went with the very flashy pick uh, in with the first overall pick because that is my personality. And uh but I'm coming back with my second pick. And we, I'm call it, we call it identity in the draft. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that is my identity, yes. Um, my, with my second pick, I'm going to go very, very practical. It is just not like me. It is almost difficult for me to make this pick. But I think it is the right pick to make here. And you guys probably know where I'm going with this by now, or maybe you don't. Um, but I am going to go with Nick Chubb. And, and my second pick overall, because once again, in this run-oriented, play-action-based scheme, Nick Chubb has, is going to be the wind beneath Baker Mayfield's wings. They've got to be able to run the ball. They've got to run it well for the play-action uh, to be viable and, you know, to take the pressure off Baker. I just think uh, Nick Chubb is going to be vital to his success. I did not think that's where you were going to go with that setup. But where did you, you think I was going? I'm not tipping my hand here. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this. I almost took Chubb number three for a lot of the same reasons you said. And, and part of it is we've sort of had this drilled into our heads. You know, I asked uh, Joel Batonio today about the scheme. And, you know, he, he talked about, you know, making the pass look like the run and, and all of that, right? And then I actually asked Joe Woods last week, when you face a scheme like this or a, an offense like this, what's the key? And his key was stop the run. Now, every defensive coordinator says that, um, as uh, Dan Orlovsky said to you in, in your interview with him. But he was very adamant that it's an offense that you've got to focus on the run because that's what they're trying to do is build everything with the play action, all of that around the run. Um, so, yeah, Nick, Nick Chubb was certainly on my, my short list there for that number three overall pick. So I'm not surprised he's off the board here at four. But after that setup, I thought you were going a different way. I know where you thought I was going. <laughs> yeah. Exactly where you thought I was going. You thought I was going Jedrick. <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> he, uh, Chubb's the epitome of not flashy. I mean, that, that is true. I, I talked to a couple of his family members last year for a story and I asked them what they would think if they had ever if they ever saw him doing some sort of choreographed touchdown celebration and 
I know his brother spent a good time laughing before he actually answered that. No, no, I cannot see that happening. So yeah, that's, he's not flashy. I think that that's, that's good. Although I think I'm with, I'm with Dan. I wasn't expecting that pick. All right, Scott, uh, number five, you picked Kevin Stefanski in the first round. So who you have at number five overall, second round pick? Um, I'm going with Jedrick Wills, going with the offensive lineman. Um, you know, I could have gone with Jack Conklin. Any, anybody on the end of the line, any difference on the end of the line compared to last year. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I know that uh, pro football focus, looking at how many pressures uh, quarterbacks ran themselves into. Baker, I believe, ran himself into 10 sacks. Uh, he was accounting for the second most pressures on the team. And Chris Hubbard allowed the most, and it was Baker himself putting himself in position for the second most, you know. So he, he had a lot of trouble there with trust, I think, last year in his line. And we saw that, you know, even in the preseason. I think it was maybe Tampa Bay where things just kind of went haywire. And it never really corrected itself. And I believe that affected a lot of things that we saw from Baker. You know, his accuracy, his, his uh, you know, the interceptions, just throwing on the run and, and just bailing out a little bit too soon. In the beginning of the year, he was always running to his right. You know, everybody kind of knew that if you put pressure on him, that's where he was going to go. He wasn't going to stay. So now if you have somebody that's left tackle that you can have some confidence in, like Jedrick Wills, uh, you know, that can make a huge difference for Baker. Because you can't throw to Odell if you're, you know, if you're scrambling around running for your life. That's who you thought I was going to say, right, Dan? I think that's exactly who I thought you were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I thought about it. I did. I thought about it. But – I think I, I have heard so much about the running game and how important it is to this play-action scheme and just how uh, a, a good running game and a good running back is can be a quarterback's best friend, take the pressure off him, uh, get him out of some of those interceptions and stuff like that. So I, I ended up going with Nick. But Jedrick, great pick. Well, I am, uh, I'm really happy then to have this guy still sitting there at number six. Common sense pick. Uh, we don't know his health situation completely yet, but I'm confident that he's going to be back and he's going to be his normal self when, when uh, you know, it's time to answer the bell when the regular season starts. I'm going to take Mr. Reliability, Jarvis Landry, uh, at number six. I, I just feel like when, you're looking, when we talk about guys Baker has a connection with, right, everybody talks about Richard Higgins. But in reality, it just feels like from day one, him and Jarvis have really been – together right I mean Jarvis came in Baker's rookie year um, it was a little slow starting I guess in, in that first part of his rookie season but I just feel like Jarvis is a guy that Baker trusts he knows where to look for him he knows where to find him uh, he catches the football he makes tough catches for him he does all these things that that help Baker Mayfield to make him better he's versatile in the offense I think he unlocks a lot of things uh, so I'm gonna go Jarvis Landry uh, with my second round pick yeah, that, that's a great pick, Dan. I mean, those guys, they, they really do, uh, you know, have some nice chemistry together. They, in their third year together now, they will really, I think, know each other a lot better. Uh, you know, they had a lot of opportunities together last year, and it just seems like uh, in this offense, I think that the connection will uh, just kind of be off the charts between those two. You talked about reliability. I, I'm There's one position group that has not been drafted yet that – I think is going to be probably rise to the top of the list of reliability this year. Maybe not overtake Landry, but, but it's going to be a huge boost to this particular position group that I won't name. Cause you know, I might want to draft some of these people. 
little, game, <laughs> little gamesmanship there as we uh, we enter the third round. So let's try and get this third round in before we get to our, our break. And I think we're going to have time for a fourth round. So how about that? Um, all right. So Mary Kay, pick number seven. You took Odell number one. You took Nick Chubb number four. Here we go. Number seven overall kicking off the third round. Well, I really hate to disappoint Scott like this <laughs> right before this pick. Teams just hate it when your guy goes right before you're up. But I have to do it, Scott. I'm going Austin Hooper here. Austin Hooper. Uh, the tight ends are going to be so important, so vital to this offense this year. They went out. They spent a ton of money on him, made him the, the highest paid tight end in the NFL, $10.5 million a year. Uh, they're really excited about what he brings to the table. Gonna, they're going to run a lot of two tight end sets, and he is going to be the one that is showcased probably more than anyone. So Austin Hooper, tight end, my third pick. Yeah, Scott, we got to talk about smoke screens here. <laughs> you got to send them out. You got to have not have Austin Hooper in for a workout. You've got to let it leak that you talked to David Njoku in an interview at the Combine, but not Hooper. There's, you know, there's ways to do this, and, and I totally <laughs> did it right. That's true. I, do we have to really play with these teams? Do I have to have Baker line up with uh, with Wills and, and that's it? And, you know, Stefanski gets to call the plays and gets to run for his life with nobody to throw to? I don't know. I, li I like my I like my group so far. And it's okay that Hooper got picked. I think he's, he deserves to be – he deserves to be probably picked higher than, than we picked him in this draft. He makes sense. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, probably should have gone number three instead of uh, Alex Van Pelt. But I stand by it. Uh, Scott, you're on, you're on the clock now, though, uh, number eight overall. You had a uh, Kevin Stefanski and Jedrick Wills. Man, I got, I got two good choices here I could go with. Um, I, I'm going to go with Kareem Hunt. Oh, uh, I think, I know, I know you wanted that, Dan. <laughs> I, we, we don't really know how he's going to be used in this offense. He's not really something that Kevin Stefanski had in Minnesota, at least not at that level. Um, you know, when he came back last year, he was one of the best players on offense, and I'm expecting him to continue that this year. Just his versatility and, you know, you, you already have the tight ends trying to cause matchup problems, but now you add in someone like, like Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know, you, you only got so many safeties out there who can cover a linebacker or cover a, a tight end and a running back, you know, and you only have so many linebackers who can do it. And I think if you have Kareem Hunt thrown in there, you know, it's either him getting a mismatch or it's Austin Hooper or David Njoku or someone like that. Uh, so I, I, I'm expecting big things from Kree Hunt, and I think uh, he's going to be a huge, a huge help for, for Baker. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's listened to this podcast knows that I've been you know, pounding the table that Kareem Hunt is is one of the keys to this offense. I, I keep referring to him as the third wide receiver. I think when we, Mary Kay, when we talk about making the run look like the pass and the pass look like the run, that's Kareem Hunt. He can do all of those things. Um, you know, I've, I've argued that he's the best all around player, all just all the things he can do on, on this roster. Um, the only questions with Hunt are, are off the field so far. Been free and clear and stuff ever since that incident back in January. So uh, if you can get Kareem Hunt on the field, the things he can do, it, it just, it changes your entire offense around. So I, I was hoping he was going to be sitting there at number nine. I thought about taking him in the second round. I didn't do it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Hunt is, uh, we don't talk about him a lot other than on this podcast. We don't hear his name a lot, but I think he's going to be one of the keys to this offense. 
Well, I think Scott did to you, you know, what I just did to Scott, you know, and, and I can hear the disappointment in your voice, Dan. Uh, you, you were all excited to go with Kareem Hunt next, and I, I kind of feel for you right now. I, I, I feel your pain because I know how you feel about him. Uh, you know, you're on the record, as you said, about praising him over and over and over again. So, yeah, I, I do think this is a good pick. And, uh, again, I think we've all mentioned this before. If his head is in the right place this year – and he is acclimated to being here, acclimated to the scheme. If he's been studying this offseason, he's ready to go. I mean, he, the, you know, the possibilities in this offense for him are absolutely endless uh, if they choose to use him early and often. Yeah, and Scott, I think the, the big thing is, like you said, Kevin Stefanski never had this in Minnesota. And so he's maybe looking at this as like a new toy. Like, how am I going to use this? How am I going to deploy this guy? So uh, it, it's going to be interesting to watch. So at number nine, I'm not going to make the flashy pick that I wanted to make with Kareem Hunt. I'm just going to go to the other side of the line, and I'm going to go with the big money that they paid to, uh, to Jack Conklin. I think he made it possible for you to go and get Jedrick Wills in the draft and plug him in at left tackle. He stabilized the rest of that line. I mean, you can make an argument that you could pick a Joel Batonio or a J.C. Treader, and those guys are just as important, but I think uh, getting that right tackle fixed – there's that domino effect. And I think it just stabilized the rest of the line. And now you've added your left tackle. You have those two guys in the middle. He fits this scheme perfectly. As long as he's healthy, as long as he's right, he, he's, you finally have your Mitchell Schwartz replacement. You know, he's maybe not as good as Mitchell Schwartz, but he's really good. And, and he fits perfectly here. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, talk to any GM, including Andrew Barry these days. And they really speak about the right tackle and the left tackle in very similar terms because that's what defenses are doing. They're going to attack you from anywhere. They're going to move their best guy over there if you're stopping him over there. So you really need to have two really, really good tackles. The Browns have them, and, and Baker should be sitting pretty. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Conklin was the, the guy I was, I was thinking of picking instead of Hunt. So it makes sense. Either one of those, those tackles, you know, in, in – you know what you're going to get from the interior of the line. Not necessarily right guard this year, but you know what you're getting with Treader and Batonio. The way this offense improves over last year, hugely improves, is by improved play on the tackles, and I think the Browns are going to get that. Okay, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back for our final round of our uh, draft for the players who are most important to Baker Mayfield's success uh, in 2020. Not just players, coaches, but first I'm going to tell everybody about Football Insider. So we'll get back to that draft here momentarily. But first, I want to tell you about Football Insider. It is our tech subscription service where me, Mary Kay, Scott, and Ellis Williams will text you with the latest on the Browns, news, analysis, what we are thinking, and more. You also get the opportunity to text us back, and we'll respond directly to you. It cuts through the clutter of social media. Uh, now, speaking of Baker Mayfield, we're going to do something special for our Football Insider subscribers next week, Tuesday at 7 o'clock, we'll be holding a Zoom call uh, for our subscribers all about Baker Mayfield. We'll talk about where he's been, where he's going, and what we expect from him in year three. We did something similar prior to the draft, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'll be a part of it. Mary Kay, Scott Ellis, uh, Terry Pluto is going to be on Doug Maurice. It's going to be a great opportunity, and it's something that you can check out if you sign up for your 14-day free trial. So if you want to sign up for that trial and see if Football Insider is right for you, you can go to cleveland.com browns, and there's a box on the right side of the page. You click there, you can get more information. After the trial, it's $3.99 per month. 
even easier, since you're probably sitting here listening on your phone, you can text 216-208-3965 to get signed up and start that 14-day free trial. Again, 216-208-3965. Okay, one more round to go. Back to the podcast. And back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, where we are drafting the most important people to Baker Mayfield's success in 2020. Uh, just to recap real quickly, Mary Kay Cabot led us off with Odell Beckham. Then Scott Patsko picked Kevin Stefanski. Uh, I took Alex Van Pelt at number three. In the second round, Mary Kay took Nick Chubb. Scott took Jedrick Wills. I took Jarvis Landry. And then in the third round, Austin Hooper went to Mary Kay. Kareem Hunt went to Scott. Still a little bitter about that one. Jack Conklin uh, was my backup pick at number nine. So that's okay. It it, uh, eases the pain a little bit. So we're going to do one more round. Um, Now, I do want to clarify, because I just thought of this. Nobody out there is allowed to get, like, really meta here, or whatever you want to call it, and pick Baker Mayfield. He's not, you're not allowed to pick Baker Mayfield and say he's the most important person to his success. Just in case anybody was thinking about that. I was thinking about doing that. I'm going to outlaw it. Uh, Mary Kay, (laughs) number 10 overall in the fourth round. Who have you got? All right. Well, now when we say thinking outside of the box, it's really literal, right? Because we are really in the box here. Um, But I am going to go a little bit outside the box and I am picking Miles Garrett here uh, because I think that Uh, obviously, uh, in addition to a running game being one of the biggest assets that a quarterback can have. I've talked to plenty of quarterbacks over the years that say a great defense is a quarterback's best friend. So therefore, if Miles Garrett comes back with the vengeance that I believe that he will, if he is going after those quarterbacks in the way that I think he absolutely 100% will, disrupting them and causing them to throw interceptions and getting them off their mark, and setting Baker Mayfield up in good field position because these guys are getting turnovers and getting off the field and all those kinds of things, that will be one of the best things that can happen to Baker. Last year, they tied for 19th in the NFL with only 20 takeaways. They only recovered, I think, six fumbles, and that's just not good enough. You really need to be taking it away, taking it away, uh, and setting your quarterback up in great field position. Miles Garrett is my pick. I wondered if we'd have a defensive player come off the board. Here we go. And actually, uh, if folks didn't listen to that Brady Quinn interview on, on Monday or read your story, he mentioned the defense in that interview and, and how the, mm-hmm. and the Browns defense. So uh, check that out on our, our podcast feed when you get a chance. So Miles Garrett, there you go, Scott, first defensive player off the board. I mean, you can make a strong argument for, you know, Joe Woods or, or, or even uh, the return game, you know, just something that's going to set Baker up so he's not always behind the eight ball and he's not trying to do more than he has to do to get the Browns, you know, whether it's close or to take a lead, just somebody that gets him the ball at a consistent basis. And then it always starting from their, you know, 15 or 10 yard line. Um, but no, Miles Garrett makes sense. I think uh, he's the, the one everybody would be looking to on that defense. So yeah, I think it's outside the box, but it makes sense. All right, Scott, number 11, your final pick here. I am so glad Mary Kay did not pick this guy. Case (laughs) Keenum. I'm going with Case Keenum. Oh, Back at quarterback. I thought for sure you you were. But, uh, you know, he's the kind of backup quarterback I think we can probably agree Baker Mayfield needs. He's not just somebody who uh, is experienced, but he's experienced with Kevin Stefanski. He was in Minnesota with him. He's had success as a backup. 
Um, he's been a starter in the league. Didn't do great, but he's been a starter. Um, you know, and it's also somebody who, and we're not anticipating a quarterback controversy, but it's somebody who I think has had success recently enough to where he's the kind of guy that can push Baker to be better or to want to be better, you know. Um, but, but having that sounding board uh, that maybe Garrett Gilbert wasn't going to be able to provide this year I think is, is big. Um, I think I, I went back and looked at backup quarterbacks and experience on the Browns, and Keenum is the most accomplished backup since Mark Rippon backed up Vinny Testaverde in 94. You know, we're talking two guys who are in their early 30s. Um, I think Mark Rippon maybe was further down, <laughs> further down the rabbit hole than, uh, than Case Keenum is at this point. But, but still, it's, you know, it's a good thing to have. You hope you never would use him, but uh, I think that, that's big for a, for a quarterback who's trying to, to get his career back on track, which is really what Baker's trying to do right now. I like yeah, that bit. Go ahead, Mary Kay. Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, I mean, he knows this offense as well as anyone. I mean, he, he really knows what Kevin Stefanski is trying to implement. And I think that uh, he's already been instrumental in helping Baker assimilate the offense a little bit. He spent a little bit of time with him in Austin uh, during the throwing session. He seems like he's a really upbeat guy, uh, you know, a little bit, you know, kind of laid back, though, at the same time, where I think he'll, he'll be good for Baker on the sideline in the meeting room. Great pick. Okay, last pick here of the draft. Uh, let's see, I have previously picked Van Pelt, Landry, Conklin. I'm gonna go with an upside pick here. This is a guy who hasn't done it yet, but he needs to do it for himself. He needs to do it for Baker Mayfield. I'm gonna go with the other tight end, uh, David Njoku. I think he's really important and him kind of becoming that reliable tight end for this team and, and being that number two tight end behind Austin Hooper, they want to run a lot of tight ends, right? Kevin Stefanski is very open about it. He wants to have two tight ends on the field, three tight ends on the field. If you're going to do that, you've got to be able to count on David Njoku. And you look back to last year where the Browns struggled was in the red zone. And one area where Njoku has been good for this team has been in the red zone. He's struggled in other areas, but if he can at the very least be a reliable red zone target again, if he can catch the football, if he can just sort of start to deliver on some of that promise when he was a first-round pick back in 2017, I think it completely changes the look of this offense. So uh, Njoku hasn't done it yet, but I think he needs to do it for Baker Mayfield to really be able to reach that, that peak of his success this year. I thought you were going to say Harrison Bryant. Not yet. Not yet. He's still a little too far down the, the pecking order. I thought you were going to say Harrison Bryant just because uh... – you know, he does have some potential. But David Njoku, a strong case can be made that uh, if he can rebound and be what they always thought he could be when they drafted him in that first round, and of course, Andrew Barry was part of that, uh, then, you know, that will go a long way towards powering this two tight end scheme, which they will be in a lot. Seems like every year we say this is a big year for David Njoku, you mm -hmm. know, ever since he arrived. Uh, and, and I think it's true that this is probably the biggest because you know, they draft, they go out and sign the, 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 the most sought after tight end probably on the market. And then they also draft one. So yeah, it's all up to David Njoku to, to, to make his place here. And, you know, he's got a chance because he's not just fighting one guy for one spot. There are two spots out there that are going to be used a lot. And, uh, and I think the Browns are going into the season anticipating that he'll be one of those guys. So uh, the spots there for the taking and he just has to go out and do it and stay healthy, obviously. Okay, so there we go. Uh, 12 players and, and a couple coaches, the most important people uh, to Baker Mayfield in 20. I totally won this draft. <laughs> I totally won it. We shall <laughs> see. Might have. 
you might we, have. We, you might have, but we will look back on this uh, at the end of the year. We'll revisit this one and and we'll do a uh, follow up pod. I want I want instant I want instant draft grades. So if you're listening, yeah. head to the reviews. Leave us instant draft grades. Also leave us five stars with those draft grades. It just means more if you leave five stars. Uh, so real quick, Mary Kay uh, had Odell Beckham, Nick Chubb, Austin Hooper, Miles Garrett. I don't know, I don't know Scott. That's a pretty good group of, uh, of skill players. Uh, Scott went with Kevin Stefanski, Jedrick Wills, Kareem Hunt, and Case Keenum. And then I took Alex Van Pelt, Jarvis Landry, Jack Conklin, and David Njoku. So uh, – Let's hear those greats. Make sure you're subscribed, rate, review us, uh, join Football Insider, text us your grades, whatever. We want to know what you uh, what you thought of this draft. For Scott and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening.